The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Dry January has become increasingly popular here if non-alcoholic beer sales in Ireland are anything to go by. According to figures compiled by Drinks Ireland, non-alcoholic beer sales in Ireland have more than tripled between 2017 and 2021 and it's a trend that's continuing across Europe. So what's it like to give up the booze in a country where we really are stereotyped by drinking? Steve Hamilton is a singer with Wexford band Frisky Gypsies. He did Dry January three years ago and he joins me this morning to tell me all about it. You're very welcome, Steve. Good morning, Nora. How's it going? Oh, very good. Very good. good Life stuff. has gotten a whole lot better in the last three years. And let's talk about that because this isn't a conversation about that month three years ago that you decided to give up alcohol. You you stayed with that idea and, and haven't had a drink in three years. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's true. OK, so you researched um, shared a post on the Frisky Gypsies Facebook page there about your motivations for giving up drink on January the 4th, 2020, just as we were heading into a pandemic. Little did we know. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit and how that served you. But what you said was, I was drinking to feel better, to block out emotions, to deal with trauma, to be myself, to gain confidence, to be funnier, to be the life and soul of the party. I think that will resonate with an awful lot of people um what led you to that realization that that alcohol was the problem for you um well i woke up on that morning um i lived not so far from a supermarket and um i think everybody's experienced the beer fear mm. um and i had anxiety and i just i didn't want to go to the supermarket just to get just to get groceries to eat that day and i had this realization of how ridiculous that even sounds when i said okay. it out loud that that uh and the reason I didn't want to go is because I was uh, so full of fear mm-hmm. and um and also my music had taken a, a kind of a backseat uh through motivation so I I said right this is enough is enough and but originally it was only for a month I said I'll put a month into it I'll see how I feel I'll work on my music I'll work on myself and and then I I done it for a month, but I started to feel a little bit better. The anxiety started to die off. Mm-hmm. Um, the the yeah the mo- my motivation came back within like within weeks. Um, so then I I moved the month. I moved the goalpost, and then I said three months, and then six months, and then a year, and then it became a year. And then at that stage, it was like, is there any point in going back to it? Mm-hmm. And then two years, and then three years, and. Um, now where I am today is I I couldn't even imagine drinking and I can go out, I can I still go watch a lot of bands. Um I love my local pub in Wexford. I go to watch the trap music there and I, I can still be the life and soul of the party. This uh idea that I had that I couldn't do that if if I wasn't drunk. Was that um, one of your worries that that kind of personality traits that people knew you as, the life and soul, would be gone if you no longer had a drink? Yeah. For sure. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought that person, like I'm quite an outgoing person. Um, I thought as well, my music might take a downturn because when I play, I'm quite energetic on mm-hmm. stage. Um, but all this was un- very, very untrue. I couldn't have been any, any further wrong. If anything, I'm far more outgoing now. My energy is way higher. It Now, it didn't happen within the first month. Mm. That, t- that took some time. It took some time to rebuild your confidence, your self-esteem. Um, and yeah, I started exercising again. So I done a lot, a lot in the last in the last year alone. Um, with regards to playing 
playing shows all over, over Ireland. I played alongside Hudson Taylor. I played alongside Riptide Movement. Mm. I got I got into running. I ran a thirty k eco trail across the mountains. Um, I noticed my life, my group as well. Like some of my best friends are, are supported me the whole way through. But then I have some other friends who came into my life during my journey who would be sim- like minded people, healthy people. Okay. Um, and did some people drop off then? Like maybe your party people or did you find that? Yeah, yeah. But it's, for me, it um, it kind of just sorts out the people who need to be in your life. Well, true. The people who, who truly love you and care about you, support you no matter what. And um, the people in my life right now, they, they love, they see me thrive and they love it. Mm-hmm. Um, as regards to what people think, it's, it's it's none of my it's none of my business what yeah, other people's what opinions are. Are yeah, you kind of so an all or nothing person, Steve? Was this kind of in your personality traits that you'd either go all or nothing? Ah, uh, for sure, for sure. It's a that's that's been uh, yeah, that's been apparent since I was a child. <laughs> Even in sports and stuff like that, I I'm very much like just go for it. Mm-hmm. So when that was alcohol or partying, it was yeah. Very much so, all or nothing. Yeah. So talk to us about the pandemic then. March comes along and suddenly everyone is having Zoom parties. What were you doing? Was that tough? It was an absolute blessing in disguise. So when in January, when I give up alcohol, I recorded this tune, which is so weird. It came out the Tuesday. The song is called Where's My People? We had shot the video in February. And the video is actually me isolated in different locations. And it came out the Tuesday before the lockdown oh, in March. Oh, how apt. <laughs> so um, then the world goes into this lockdown. But I was very much a pub drinker, nightclubs, bands, festivals. I I, I didn't enjoy drinking at home. I wasn't, mm. I wasn't someone who went and bought. The odd time I'd have a glass of wine. But it was more so I liked being out. I liked having the crack. Um having a laugh at the lads, bit of a jeer, whatever, whatever. Just usual lads kind of stuff. Like, um, So it was a blessing in disguise. The pubs closed, so it gave me some uh, breathing space. Okay. Um, yeah. And then they didn't really and... open for months. So. <laughs> no, it was quite, quite a long time. <laughs> and how do people <laughs> react to you now? Like people who mightn't have met you. And, you know, I think... You know, sometimes I feel when I when I'm going out and I decide I'm not going to have a drink that night, there's always a kind of a ah come on reaction. Do you still get that from people or? Uh, not so much me. Right. Um, I, I'm sure at the start, at the start, people people don't think you're going to stick to it. So mm-hmm. everyone's like, ah, come on, you may as well have a drink. You're going to have a drink at some point. But um, now I thrive off of the fact that I don't drink and I still do all the same things. If I'm, if I was at a band, I'd still dance. Like I don't, I don't have this fear of, oh, what do people think? Mm. Um, as far as the non-alcoholic beers go, a, they can be a blessing in disguise. I didn't drink them for probably the first two years, mm-hmm. but when I go out now, I drink them and I'll, I might get a pint or something. And people don't really question because they, they just see alcohol in a glass. Yes. So, they, the, so the that conversation stops that conversation. Doesn't even come up. Yeah. And yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. And, I, and that, that conversation is quite tough, I think, because it's kind of making out that you're no crack if you don't have a drink in your hand. And that is really the furthest thing from, from the truth for a lot of people, which you've obviously oh. described here, that your life is oh. pretty much the same, just a lot clearer without alcohol. 
Yeah, and it's and I think I think for anybody, the first two or three drinks for anybody, whether you have an alcohol problem or not, they're unbelievable crack. Mm-hmm. And I had some of the best nights in my life. But then once it gets past that, it gets very foggy, very blurry. Mm-hmm. You're not really sure what happened. Um, so for me, that that that's not fun. Mm-hmm. And I think as far as alcohol goes, whether you have an alcohol problem or you drink once a month, when when you drink the next day or possibly the day after, you don't function to your to your mm-hmm. highest like, ability. Um, so tell us, what's your drink of choice now when you go out if it's not a non-alcoholic beer? Is there a fizzy water in your uh, hand or what do you normally have? Um, Just a glass of juice. A I would drink orange juice, juice cran- cranberry juice. Okay. I, to be honest, water is my favourite drink since I started exercising. <laughs> and back it's, to that um, all or nothing thing, Steve. Have you had a drink in the last three years? Not once. Not once. And is that important no. to you, not to have a drink? Um, not as much now, okay. but, um, but I've constantly, people have this thing where they put the pressure on themselves and they're like, I'm never drinking again. Mm-hmm. That's to tell, to tell your mind that you're never going to do an, anything again is like, that's a serious weight to carry. Mm-hmm. So I always say to myself, if I want to drink, I'm like, well, sure. If you want to drink the pubs down the road, go, do you actually want to drink? And I talk to myself like a third person. And then when I go into the reasons why I stop and how I feel now, I'm like, well, I actually don't want to drink. There's just say a, an issue after coming up and that's, that's the real problem. So then I'm like, I actually don't want to drink. Yeah, true. So if anyone is doing dry January right now, or, or even, even though we're in the middle of January, might decide that they want to go off alcohol for a while, or even like you for good, what advice would you give them? What helped you back then three years ago? Um, so the very, very first thing anybody has to do is decide for themselves. Mm. And that, that goes that was my saving grace that I knew 100% that that's what I wanted and I think for anybody who's trying it just say a week two weeks a month something like that don't put a huge uh, a huge weight and then and and take it easy on yourself because a lot of emotions if you're used to drinking for confidence or to be the life and soul of the party that will go for for a time there is a period where where you won't be, but it's because you feel anxious when you're out or for whatever reason. Just uh, sit with all those feelings and figure out why those feelings come mm-hmm. up. Well, listen, um, it's great to talk to you this morning. I think as Irish people, we kind of have a complicated relationship with alcohol, don't we? We don't do the, you know, we talk about French people no. having wine with dinner and, you know, in Spain sitting out with one drink. I, I, again, it's back to that kind of all or nothing idea, isn't it? Yeah, I know I lived in Spain for some time and um, I noticed that they can have their one glass at lunchtime. If uh, Irish people go for one glass at lunchtime, they're coming home at closing time. They didn't go back to work. Sure. <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> congratulations. If people want to check out your post about why you gave up alcohol three years ago, they can go on to the Frisky Gypsies um, Facebook page. It's a much longer post than what I read out there at the start of this conversation. Like you make some really valid points and it must have been hard to get to that stage of anxiety and realize I need to give something up here like your journey to that level of anxiety must have been a tough one as well was it yeah um I won't get too much into it but Mm. I I lost a I lost a friend um probably the year before I no it's a couple of years before that Mm. um and I drank I drank quite heavy after that and I didn't really beforehand 
Um, I think a lot of people don't even know, Irish people especially, don't even know what anxiety is. Mm. I certainly didn't anyway. I was mm. like, what are these feelings? Um, I was in the bed one night and I was actually going to ring the ambulance. I was like, I'm having a heart attack. I'm yeah. a hot. But oh, what it was was a panic attack, yeah. not a heart attack. Um, thankfully. But um, so I I knew I needed to change something. Um, and for me, the first thing I could change that was within my control was, right, I'll stop drinking. Um, I'll see how that feels. I've done a lot of sea swimming as well. Um, for me, that is one of the the best healing things. If you're feeling down, feeling uneasy, go get in that cold water, mm-hmm. breathe, and uh, you'll never not feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ricardo Claw on my doorstep here in Wexford is, is what a beautiful place well, to do. Exactly, it. you're very lucky to have that as well. Well, look, if people want to check out what you've been talking about further, Frisky Gypsies yeah. is the Facebook page. Steve Hamilton is uh, one of the members of Frisky Gypsies, and thanks a million for joining me this morning. Thanks, Orla. Thanks for having me. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. That comes from Brad Heidi. It's called Dancing in My Head. It's Beat 102-103. And exciting news for Wexford referee Michelle O'Neill this week, who's heading to the FIFA Women's World Cup this August in Australia and New Zealand. How bad? As an assistant referee and becomes the only Irish match official selected. Michelle is on the Sunday Grill this morning with more details. You're very welcome back, Michelle. Um, hi, Arla. Happy New Year to you Happy and your New listeners. Year. And thanks for having me. Now, we <laughs> talked back in October, I think, because you had an art exhibition and I said to you off your air, I saw that you're going to Australia and New Zealand. You were like, no, no, no. Did you have a bit of an inkling back then? Uh, no, no. Oh. Um, we were, no, we're all candidates. So we were, we were candidates for three years now. Okay. So we're being monitored for three years. And who's and we when you say you, we? Um, there are 170 around the world okay. um, so, uh, candidates of, of all the different confederations. So, um, yeah, so you're on the list and you you have to keep up your high performance levels and and all your standards and tr- working with your coaches. And and the final list only came out then last week. So, okay. the um, finalised list. Yeah. And when you say monitor, do people come and see you at matches or are you inputting stuff? How does that work? Yeah, so... Um, it's everything. So we have Polar Watch, that sports, and we're monitored through a system then okay. that they see absolutely all our training sessions and match performances. And what's that kind of like and a high-end Fitbit almost? Or? Yes, ah, yeah, it would okay. be um, GPS system and you know, how fast your speed is and your cardio, um, heart rate, everything, uh, speed levels. Um, yeah, so that that's monitored with a FIFA coach, and then they they can see all our stats there. And then also we'd have instructors and mentors and observers at our games, um, watching our grading us and and seeing um our our how to improve or if we made mistakes, how to um change and and learn from there. So yeah, it's it's yeah top level uh, performances has to be done every single time you're out. Wow. Wow. And does that include, like when yeah. we talked to you last and you were talking about mindfulness and how you'll go out on a run, does that include those kind of extracurricular stuff that you're doing or is it all about the matches that you're refereeing and the training that you're doing because you're a referee? Yeah, I mean, I, I add 
the whole mindfulness myself mm-hmm. um because like if you're not mentally fit you're not physically fit mm-hmm. uh, in my mind anyway in in my opinion and yeah i mean we do we do when we go out to the the final tournaments we would have access to um a sports psychologist but other than that uh, every other day is yourself and, and how <clears throat> excuse me and how you prepare yourself and in your own mindset so i'm i'm a big believer in in strong mindset Mm. for strong body Mm. what makes a good referee in your mind what traits do you have that makes a good referee um just good leadership good man management um good good management people skills not it's it's changing yeah so it's, it's a lot of people skills a lot of management a lot of um confidence um just knowing your your you're you're um knowing your loss of the game mm-hmm. being extremely fit um and just teamwork okay and the ability to to work with others now there's been such a buzz about this women's world cup um I, I, even more of a buzz than when you were last there in 2019 i think can you see that that there's so much more interest do you feel it I do, I do. I see the growth, I feel the growth and it's just exciting times and do you know it's and and FIFA have a hashtag beyond greatness mm-hmm. and just before that we were asked to be reach higher and to be the best ever. So from 2019 being on that stage, being on that final, being in the middle of that pitch, I mean you just want to be there again. You mm-hmm. just want to grow with the times and I mean from the f- the World Cup in 2015, there was not it like barely a million people watching to the World Cup 2019 when there's 18. Wow. So that's already grown. And now with the Lionesses and the Euros and the building there, it's just going bigger and better. Uh-huh. And people are just, um, you know, feeding into that. And that's just the support as mm-hmm. well so it's 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 down to everybody and all the input and mm-hmm. it, and it's just amazing and to be part of it and to be over there it's just even epic and you refereed the netherlands and usa game didn't you back in 2019 yeah so i was part of the trio i was um assistant referee on that game mm-hmm. and and oh my god because the I usa still... women's team are huge aren't they like they're probably the ones that really grabbed a hold of people's consciousness i think a few years ago for some reason yeah, I mean, because they they've won the title four times, mm. there's, and there's only there was only ever eight World Cups, so four four times out of eight, and then they they pushed their boundaries, and you know, like every other team that's there. So I mean, it, it's just every publicity is great, like, mm, um, and and just the more everyone went on board, like as in the TVs the TVs and and the the papers and and radio and all media all social media and everyone got behind it mm-hmm. and the campaigns the her sports everybody you know the everyone that you see it you can you you know if you can't see it you can't be it so it everybody has their their role to part to play mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. so okay. it it's just it's just great like and and, and it's just going to set up for the best World oh, Cup. It's brilliant. Ever. It really is. And it's so great for, you know, young girls even to see that you can get to that level as well and have that much buzz about it. Now you're heading to Australia and New Zealand. What's the story? Do you know when you're going or do you get to go for three months if you want to, Michelle? No, no. And <laughs> we'll be just the very same as a team. So you okay. think of us as the first team. 
So we're one team and everyone else is another team. Okay. So we'd be, we prepare like a team. We'd be going like a team and we'd probably go out um, a week before to prepare and, and get into camp. And, and, you know, we'd be just fully focused now from now on, we'd be fully focused on getting the standards higher and better and bigger and more quality wow, so and you just, have to be just super super fit. fully preparing yeah and do you yeah, have 100%. so you won't get to referee ireland is that the way it works yeah you won't you won't yeah. be on a game with with your own country so okay good stuff that's probably a good thing eh um oh it's such exciting it was so great to see the news during the week michelle congratulations you're still doing the art i see you had an exhibition over just before christmas as well did you yeah, so I I was lucky enough to be asked to submit a few pieces into one of the local um, uh, galleries there, and 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 you know there's there's a few trying to keep, uh, you know, um, I just love my art, so I just kind of switch off when I do exactly. it. Exactly, so it's, it's good to it's keep good that side to have going when life is another so side going. Yeah, a hundred percent, and and I say that to everyone. It's like just pick something that you're good at and mm-hmm. just keep doing it. Uh, and just for yourself, you know, as well. So, yeah, I'm keeping up um, the art, and but I'll be focusing more now probably on the fitness and, and, and just preparing for the World Cup. Yeah, it's really um, interesting to it's see. Because prioritising. Yeah, exactly. And it's really interesting to see how fit you have to be uh, as a referee. And you can follow Michelle's journey as well on her Instagram if you want to check her out. It's Michelle O'Neill Official. And will you please put up loads of photos when you're in Australia and New Zealand just so I can live vicariously through you Michelle I'll try my best I'll try my best good stuff and look congratulations great news this week and thanks a million for joining me on the Sunday Grill thank you very much for having me the Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103 Across the southeast, it's Beat 102 and 03 and a nice little initiative from Pet Mania. If you have a new puppy in your life, the pet shop and pet care experts based in Wexford, Waterford, Carlow and Kilkenny are offering a free puppy class. It happened yesterday and it's happening next weekend as well. Lorna Byrne is the pet care advisor in Pet Mania, Waterford, and she is here to tell us more about it. And these classes are taking place in Waterford, is that right, Lorna? Yeah, that's correct. OK, good stuff. How did yesterday go? Uh, we had a really good turnout. There was loads of loads of people brought their dogs. Um, puppies, loads puppies, of puppies, lots of puppies. Was that amazing? Yes, oh. definitely one of the best parts of the job. Yes. Um So yeah, everyone everyone showed up, and we had the groomers come out and give them a bit of advice on grooming the dogs. Um, obviously, all the dogs were very excited. Um, everyone got their puppy packs, and everyone was happy. So there's a free puppy pack that comes with this. Yes, there yeah. is. And what sort of stuff is in that? Um, so you get a bag of seven dog food, which is our own brand. Um, it's grain free and hyperallergenic and then you get a tin of puppy wet food which is the same brand you get a packet of poo bags and a packet of healthy treats as well okay, and then some stuff. leaflets just with more advice and say grooming and stuff for pet media it's hard to remember what it's like to have puppies I had two very geriatric dogs one of them has sadly passed on but the other fella is 11 or 12 he gives zero dams about anyone but remembering as him as a puppy was crazy time hundred percent. And do a lot of people, you know, are they a little bit, especially if it's your first dog, are they a bit, what have I got myself into? I think a lot of people are like more so overwhelmed more mm-hmm. than anything. Um, I suppose most people, if they've had dogs already, they'd be somewhat prepared. But uh-huh. I feel like no matter how many dogs you have, a new puppy is going to be different every time. Yeah. Um, I think especially when there's like kids and stuff in the works, people are a lot more on edge about it. Um. 
And we talk a lot about pandemic puppies. Obviously, we're, we're coming out the end of that in one sense. But for a lot of dogs, they have had the whole family in the house for the last two years. Is that a weird one with socialisation and everything? I think, yeah, I think the main thing is... Um, like a lot of daycares and stuff would have been closed for some of that. Now, some mm. of them would have been open. Um, and I think that was kind of the only way to socialise dogs during the pandemic was mm-hmm. the likes of daycares or, you know, if if you knew somebody close in the family. Um, but obviously when there was no mingling at all, yeah, definitely it would have been quite hard to socialise the puppies. And I think that would kind of affect them in the future. Okay. Now, um, topics that you deal with next week, it's next Saturday, isn't it? In Pitmania yes. and Waterford. So it's diet, nutrition, grooming, house training, which is a massive one, parasite control, exercise and play, so socialization and then basic behavior training what do you mean by that basic behavior training um it's more so like say people would have questions as in like what tricks do i teach first or you know um you know making them wait for their food and little things like that mm. um obviously the toilet training would be separate but mm-hmm. for the likes of say feeding them or reactive behaviour and things like that. But obviously we're not necessarily trainers, so we can just kind of give advice in that part. Okay, so it's kind of a kind of broad range of advice much, on the day. Yes. How long is the day then? Um, we start at about 11 and it's usually in and around an hour. Sometimes it can go over. Okay, good stuff. Do people need to bring anything apart from their puppies? Do they need their leashes or anything like that? Um, ideally, yes. Okay. Leashes, just in case. Um, there could be a couple of dogs there. So it's more so just to make sure that you can contain them just in case okay. they get overexcited. Is there a particular type of dog that's a little bit crazier than any, any other ones? I remember we had a golden um, retriever puppy that was beyond. It's usually the small little oh, Jack okay. Russells. That'd be full of energy and don't sleep. The bigger dogs tend to get tired a bit quicker and they tend to just lie down and give up. Okay, I think this is my dream job, Lord, to tell you the truth. Now, you're not a dog owner yourself. Um, no, not currently. So you have some unusual animals, don't you, in your I life? I do, I do. I have two rabbits, I have two snakes and I have two birds and I'm currently what minding a hedgehog. A hedgehog? A pygmy hedgehog. And yes. what are the two birds that you have? Um, I have a kakriki and a red rump. What's a kakriki? Um, they're, I suppose, about the same size as a cockatiel. Okay. Um, and she's green. She's got red cheeks. Oh, lovely. lovely. Does she speak to you? No, females don't speak. Okay. And what's the other bird? Um, she's a red rump. So she's, the males are quite coloured. They're kind of blue and green and mm-hmm. they have literally a red circle on their rump. And then the female, she's just pure yellow. There's a okay. couple of different colours, but the females are plain. So she's yellow with a little bit of green on her wings. And can I ask you the question that I ask everyone who has any sort of a yes. pet? Who looks after them when you go away? Like, is there um, a kennel that these birds can go no, to? No, that's the thing. I usually, I'd have somebody come and check on them if I was okay. really stuck. I'd ask the lads and work. Um, but I wouldn't really, I have too many to go away, yeah. you know? Um, and that'd be my concern, especially with the likes of the rabbits, um, if they stop eating or something. Yes. So I tend not to go away for long, just in case. And but I if think, I'm stuck, I'll ask one of the lads. And isn't that one of the things to think about when you're getting a dog for the first time as well? That is such a major thing. If you're going away on your two-week holiday... It's a factor that has to come into it. Even a night away means thinking outside the box about what you're going to do with your dog. A hundred percent. But I think a lot of hotels and stuff, especially lately, are starting Mm. to accept dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, was that, you know, kind of before COVID, but especially lately, they've definitely started kind of increasing that. And a lot of people are taking them with them. Mm -hmm. But I feel like unless you can take them with you, don't go. You know, a dog's... Big commitment. Totally. And obviously hotels aren't going to take pygmy hedgehogs either. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So you're a bit stuck now, Lorna. Yeah. (laughs) Well, listen, if you want to take part in the free puppy event, that'll give you some idea on how to train and to socialise your puppy. Petmania.ie forward slash puppy care class is there. Or even if you just go on to petmania.ie, you'll find a link to the puppy care class. There is a free goodie bag that comes along with it. It's worth about 30 euro. So a good enticement to go to this 
in the first place. It's based in the Pet Mania in Washford City, about an hour long from 11am next Saturday. Is that right? Yeah. Good stuff, Lorna. Lorna, thanks a million for joining me and enjoy. Are you even allowed to pet the, you're allowed to cuddle them like the yeah. puppies? Okay. <laughs> Most of the you time, yes. You have to be really like, when I'm When I'm finished helping them, then Ooh. I can pet the puppies. I'll be there. <laughs> 12 o'clock, I'll be there to hug all the puppies. That's Lorna Byrne, the pet care advisor in Pet Mini and Washford. Thanks a million for coming in this morning. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It is the Sunday Grill here on Beat 102 and 03. It is the time of the week that I can't lie is my favourite bit. Aww. Not because of you. Oh. Because we talk movies. Okay. And because of you. That's kind of, okay. That makes me feel better. <laughs> I thought it was so nice and that was my heart broken right in front of you. That's okay. called playing the game. Giving oh, one hand, taking away with the other. Okay. I don't know why I'm playing the game. It just uh, Anyway, if the cast is anything to go by, this week's movie is going to be a heavy hitter. Written and directed by Sam Mendes, Empire of Light stars Olivia Colman, Michael Ward, Toby Jones, like names that I haven't seen in things for a long time. Uh, Colin Firth is in there as well. A huge amount of stars. It's had a mixed release. It's been out in September in some places. Yeah. Only out this week in the UK and Ireland. Mixed reviews for this one as well but Brian is here with the only review you need of Empire of Light a drama about the power of human connection during turbulent times let's have a listen to this clip between Hillary and Stephen played by Olivia Colman and Michael Ward why not because it's pointless they turned me down the first time to study what architecture oh that would be wonderful yeah do you have to try again yeah, maybe. But you can't just give up. Stephen. Don't let them tell you what you can or can't do. No one's going to give you the life you want. You have to go out and get it. You can't stay here. Okay, there you go. That All is right. Empire of Life. Life? Light. Um, I would call this a quiet I haven't even seen it but like I've watched many clips because it's one of those things where the trailer is just makes people looking sense. at each other yeah okay yeah um, a quiet movie I would say is it yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's I've, I'm, I'm kind of notorious for slow dramas are never ever going to be my thing yeah, so no, it's 100% a biased, biased review for me straight away but no not a biased your but, opinion uh, yeah important. yeah but it, it's like it's neg- negative really like it go- I'm going in I was actually really excited for this I actually okay. was like Really looking forward to it, but it is an absolutely beautiful movie now. This is like it's because it's something I actually haven't heard much talk about this movie at all, really. Uh, it, it, it's a beautiful movie. If you're into cinematography, this is going to be the movie you're going to look at and be like, wow. wow. Yeah. But like, it can't just be cinematography alone. Yeah, no. So the performances are great as well. So Olivia Coleman is fantastic, mm, as always. As she's, always. She's never yeah. not been no. fantastic. Colin Firth, I thought you're expecting kind of a more comedic thing. He was kind of the serious one. You didn't really like him, which okay. was weird because I I love Colin Firth. Uh, Toby Jones I thought was great. He's like the, he's like the projectionist. And Tom Brooke, uh, I know him from the boat that rocks. So I was I I was always happy to see him in it. Mm, he so was comedic kinda, as well in the boat that rocks. Yeah, he is a bit comedic in this. He's kind of the lightheartedness of it all. And then Michael Ward, I I didn't know from anything before, but he was kind of like this. He was actually a really really fun character as well. To I be recognize fair. him from something. I can't work out what it is though. He was a he was a really. Um, he was in Top Boy, if you've seen oh, that. Oh, yes, yes. And, and Blue Story, which I haven't yeah. seen, actually, yeah. But uh, it's it's a story that, like, it's pretty slow, but it is it is quite interesting, to be fair. It is kind of a... 
it's about kind of the race story of kind of like Northern England in yeah. the 1970s. And it's like, it's it's an interesting take to be inside the cinema. I like, I'm 100% cinema. I love things about cinema. I love yeah. things about Hollywood. That's yeah. why like the Fablemans is coming out at the end of the month. I'm okay. excited to see that. Same with Babylon. But this one was kind of more depressing. It was more like about Olivia Coleman's mental health and racism issues in England rather than the fun of cinema. And she's much older than the Stephen character. Yeah, she and is. And does she fall for him or vice versa? Or she are kinda, you allowed to tell us? She kind of, she does fall for him a bit, but it's like the the whole kind of the movie's based around kind of their relationship. And Okay. I don't know. She's, she's like, she has a lot of mental health issues. So she, ha- she had, she's on this medication that keeps her like calm. Okay. And then she stops taking it and then she kind of goes mental and then she has to be like put up in an institution again. So it's it's one of those things of like, it's her downfall. So is it hard to get a grip on what the actual movie is about? Because to me, I thought it was about race in what, 1950s, 1960s, small town UK. But it sounds like it's also about someone's mental health and how that's treated at that time as well. Yeah, it is. It's like, it, it's a... It starts off with this kind of beautiful thing about cinema and the kind of beauty of cinema and stuff, but it it's all like kind of the, the dreariness behind it, like from because it's seaside England. Isn't yeah, it? it's yeah. like this isn't a fun place to live at a fun, not a fun place in time. Always the start of a good movie, but usually a chick flick type. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, who wants to live here? Yeah, it 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 wasn't. It isn't a movie that I'm definitely going to watch again. To be fair, it's 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 a slow, but it is beautiful and the performance is fantastic. And it did but, quite well at the Golden Globes, if I'm right. No, I think Olivia Colman was nominated for stuff at the very least. Yeah, but, but she she didn't win it anyway. No, was, did she not? Kate okay. Won. What did you think of the old Golden Globes? They were very dull. I watched them and, and I very I, um, fancy and avant garde. Yeah, I think there's too many award shows. Yeah, honestly, like I am like the piano playing. Yeah, yeah. I loved how all of them were just like shut up, like Colin <laughs> Farrell and Michelle Yeoh were like. Stop playing piano. But you piano. know, the penis actually said that she doesn't play the piano. Oh, at doesn't the end, she? Like she sent, she put up a tweet saying, "That's not me playing the piano. I would never do that to people." Okay, because I thought it was her. Because no, during no. Michelle Yeoh's, I think it was, yeah. they stopped, they stopped it, and I was like, "Oh, that yeah. woman, that poor woman is getting abused from yeah, people." Yeah, no. And Colin Farrell said, okay. "You're not going to stop me for that." So yeah, yeah. I just found it a bit quiet and a bit like this movie really is this a quiet movie Empire of Light it, it is it's a, it's a very much a people looking into the distance type movie yeah. and that's and it's, there's been a long time since I've seen one of those movies you know that you're yeah. meant you're meant to love you're meant to think is so worthy when really you were just a bit bored but you're afraid to say it I, I don't know it's one of those things when like Sam Mendes has done a lot of great movies yes, like he has. he's done my favourite Bond movie in Skyfall and yeah. it's one of those things that I feel when directors and writers get too accomplished mm-hmm. they lose the connection to just the people that watch it mm-hmm. and I've seen it with pretty much every director and writer that they get too into like this crazy thing yes. of learn like but like you the lose metaphors and yeah and it's like it turns into this like learning mm. like educational thing rather than just like an experience yeah sometimes you just need to entertain and I think the the one director who's never kind of lost that is Steven Spielberg oh I knew you were going to say that it's just and like it's one of those things that some movies I've seen in the last like everything everywhere all at once now like that 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 won a few awards now yeah, at the Golden did. Globes yeah that was an experience that was you sit down and you can like the the CG, the computer generated parts of that movie was seven people in a room and they used their laptops on Adobe After Effects. Okay. And they like 
are hitting the top tier of like yeah. what movies can do last year. Do you know? Yeah. And it's like I love that. So maybe you know, maybe this isn't the year that we have movies like The Empire, uh, Empire of Light. Maybe that you know, there's always a yeah. a, a t- certain template that really suits a year. I always find. You I, know, I feel like this is is a kind of a movie that was made. Because Sam Mendes wanted to make it, maybe. Mm. And it's like four and awards. Sam Mendes can make it. Yeah. You know? And I think, yeah, I don't know. That's Black Pudding, it sure. I give it like... I give it like a seven out of ten. Okay, not too bad. Is it really long? It's... it. I don't know. It, it kind of felt a little bit long. I think, <laughs> I think it's... It is... An hour and 55. Oh, that's not too bad. It's not too bad. No. Like it's, it's fine, but it does... Just kind of drags at some yeah. stages. Okay, so seven black puddings out of ten. Sam Mendes' Empire of Light, starring Olivia Coleman, who's just amazing and mm. stuff. Uh, thanks a million. Talking to Steven Spielberg, the Fablemans is out towards the end of January, so we'll have to have a look at that one for you. Um, I had no, I had known he was making a movie about his own life and growing mm. up. But when I was kind of watching the Golden Globes with the sound off and chatting to people and the Fablemans kept coming up, I didn't realise that was the movie that it yeah. was. So I didn't realise it's coming out as long. And also Babylon looks brilliant. Too. Yeah, well, apparently Babylon is you love it or hate it. Like Damon Chazelle, look, La La Land. Do you like La La Land? No, I really disliked La La Land. This is the thing. People, no. either, people either love La La Land or yeah, hate it, La La Land. No, I, I loved really it disliked now. It. I loved the songs. I think Babylon, the is this, Babylon is the same. And apparently okay. Margot Robbie was born to play the main character. So okay, good can't wait for that. And before that, of course we have well we don't have a before Barbie will be after Barbie's like, more than likely yeah. okay well in the meantime Empire of Light is now out now but it is that golden time for cinema around this time of the year always is there's so much to look forward to and Brian is here every week to tell you what he thought and he's usually right thanks yeah. a million no <laughs> The Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103